Penn State Nittany Lions are now projected to land the number third athlete in the entire country for the class of 2024, and that is Quentin Martin. He's an in-state target. If Penn State is able to get a commitment from him, this would have the same impact when they landed Micah Parsons. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, and I am joined by a very special guest. And we're going to get some important information about some key recruits for Penn State, and that is Dylan Callaghan Crowley, the uh, recruiting analyst for Rivals, covering Penn State, Oregon State, Minnesota, Michigan State. So, if you didn't think we'd get experts on for this, uh, you were wrong. Dylan, I appreciate the time here as we got uh, some very some very important news regarding yep. high-end recruits for Penn State. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Zach. Uh, glad to be on. And yeah, there's definitely uh, quite a bit of news to talk about. And before we move any further, where can people keep up with your work personally? Uh, you can keep up my work uh, for the Penn State side of things at uh, Happy Valley Insider on Rivals. Uh, simply just go to pennstate.rivals.com. You also can catch, uh, keep following me on Twitter at Dylan underscore Rivals PRZ uh, as well. Yeah, and Locked on Nittany Lines, so so privileged to, to do this. Uh, we have partnered with Penn State Rivals, so uh, it, it's great. That is all your go ca- go-to content for Penn State Athletics. It is over at Penn State Rivals. All right, Dylan, I I think we've used enough time here. Let's let's jump into this because everyone wants to know where Quentin Martin is going. Yeah. Uh, he's an athlete. I I I, I don't I, I will get the answers to all these questions from your perspective because he's listed as a running back in some places. He's listed as an athlete. He's listed as a defensive back. You can literally use him anywhere. He's that talented. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think if you if Penn State were to land Quentin Martin as a verbal commit and then ultimately sign him, this has the same type of magnitude as Micah Parsons sure. when, when sure. he committed back in the day. But yeah. From your perspective, uh, you you had a forecast recently that said Quentin Martin is going to commit to Penn State. Uh, how you know how confident are you in that rating? Uh, when or could you expect an announcement from him? Uh, and when did you ultimately think that you know? Okay, I feel confident in myself knowing that Quentin Martin's confident in going to Penn State. Yeah, so Quentin Martin is somebody that I've always been pretty confident that Penn State was eventually going to sign or get a commitment from eventually going to sign. It, it was just going to be a, a, on how long it takes to get to that point of where he commits. Um, confidence level of putting in a forward cat, a future cast for me to put in a future cast, I have to be pretty confident on that. I, that's where I think the player is going to go, whether, you know, yeah. the player tells me straight up like, Hey, I'm going to probably end up committing to this place or if uh, just talking to sources, they they feel highly confident. If multiple sources are feeling that, um, then I'll put in a future cast as well. Uh, Martin is mostly uh, number two. After talking to a few sources over the last few days, I felt pretty good about Penn State's chances going forward. I felt good about their chances even before that. I, like I said, I've always felt that there there's pretty high odds he would end up with the Navy Lions, but it seems seemingly likely that that's going to happen. I timeline wise, I, I'm not sure. Uh, he's been pretty strict and in, in terms of saying that he wants to take his official visits 
wants to then commit after those official visits. We'll see if that does happen. If that does happen, we're looking at maybe a summer commitment out of him. But I do know, know Penn State is going to be pushing very hard for a commitment out of him uh, in the meantime or the rest of the spring, Ken, into the summer. And we'll see if they do get that done. Uh, but whether it's in a week, three weeks, a month, three months from now, I expect when Quinn Martin does make an announcement, it is going to be for Penn State. I look at it, I think the main competition right now is Ohio State and Pittsburgh. Ohio State just got a running back commit from another pretty high-end prospect, James Peoples, and they're in it for a couple other running backs. So I'm very intrigued uh, to see how that works out for the Buckeyes in terms of uh, who is you know all on their board, where they sit, who are they willing to take commitments from, because that could have an effect on Quinton Martin's uh, chances uh, and with Ohio State for sure. And then Pittsburgh, I mean, that's the hometown team for Quinn and Martin. They, as much as Penn State wants to keep him in state, Pittsburgh absolutely wants to keep him in in the Pittsburgh area, in the city. And they're going to push like crazy for themselves to keep him. And I've been hearing that they're going to be throwing out, you know, some good NIL deals his way. And I've heard Penn State is, is ready to, you know, battle for Quinn and Martin on the NIL side of things. Since with these type of prospects, that's what it comes down to. I mean, I know they say NIL cannot be used for recruiting purposes, but we all know how it is being used yeah. in today's game. Um, I think Penn State tries to stick to the you know the rules in that aspect as much as they can, uh, and and I've as much as I've heard they have, um, but it's also you know that gray area from an outside perspective. We don't know what exactly is Ben and rules. We don't know exactly what is, but either way, I think Penn State is going to be aggressive on the NIL side of things with Quinn and Martin when it's all said and done as well. And just the way that you were alluding to it, okay, Ohio State has some other running back targets. They have some other players in mind. Uh, it sounds like, because I was always under the impression that Quentin Martin was going to be a defensive back wherever he yeah. went. So what ultimately... Do you think, because I know Micah Parsons like, well, I can play running back and play defensive and I can play linebacker. That's kind of the case here with Quentin Martin. You're getting the best of both worlds at the next sure. level. Not We've seen Deion Sanders do it and very other few athletes, but that's like, you know, pro. those are the pros of the pros, right? Uh, so for Quentin Martin, where does he project as an athlete? Is he going to be a defensive back or is he going to be a running back? Penn State's recruiting as a running back. He's their top target at the running back position. Wow. And- okay. And, and that's where he's uh, – when he signs, that's where he's projected to play uh, once he enrolls on campus. Could that change? Absolutely. I mean, uh, in the Big Ten, I, I kind of think back to, like, Jabril Peppers, somebody who can do a little bit of everything. Um, would I be shocked if we saw Martin on defense at some point in his, in his collegiate career, whether it's at Penn State or wherever he signs? Absolutely not. But uh, for Penn State's purposes – He's been recruited as a running back, and that's where they expect him to play uh, year one. Yeah, they already have a couple defensive backs uh, for the class of 2024, and we're going to talk about one uh, in just a moment. Is this is Martin the most important commitment or recruit that they're targeting in this cycle? Like, is he going to be the headline prospect or one of a few others that you think Penn State is in play for? Sure. I, that's a good question. I definitely think Martin is, if he's not number one, he is number two. Uh, th- there's a lot of good prospects out there in the running for, but I would say for what he represents, 
uh, the top target in state, a, a borderline five-star prospect for us, somebody who can easily become a five-star prospect on rivals. Um, yeah, obviously not a, a major position of need. I think Penn State could recruit pretty much any running back in the country and get production out of that uh, position. Uh, but I, w- I would definitely say he's, for everything he represents, the number one target. But, I mean, if you want to look at other names out there that are up on that board, um, give me one second here to yeah. lo- load the offer list. It's uh, <laughs> taking a little bit of a a slow um, journey here. But um, off the top of my head, quarterback uh, Michael Van Buren, somebody who uh, Penn State has been. Oh, uh, yeah. They like him a lot. Yeah. They absolutely love uh, and has been recruiting hard recently. They're pushing hard for him to make a commitment sooner than later. Defensive end Jalen Harvey is another one that they really like. They've been, in our mind, the leader for Harvey for quite a long time. And uh, I, I think when he does make his commitment as well, it is likely going to be for the Ninny Lions. Uh, his recruitment is going to be a little interesting. As of right now, he isn't planning on taking an official visit, it sounds like, to Penn State. I know that would be a reason for concern for a lot of people. I don't think it should be too much of a concern. Uh, Penn State's been recruiting him, you know, uh, forever. That he's been on campus a boatload of times. It, it wouldn't be the worst case scenario if he didn't make it to campus for an official visit because there's nothing new he's going to learn in that official visit. He's already been shown a ton of love throughout his recruitment already from Penn State, so I'm not worried about that for Penn State. Uh, and another one that was really high on their list is a guy they recently picked up a commitment from as well that I know we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. It is locked on Nittany Lions. John Mitchell is that player defensive back out of Florida that just recently committed to Penn State. But before we get to him and some other topics, let's hear from one of uh, today's sponsor of the show. And that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NBA playoffs are almost here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is right. $1,000 bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored, threes drained, pick your favorite bets, spread money line total, player props, points, rebounds, assists, you name it, and so many more exclusive bets like the two-by-three two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. And FanDuel even lets you combine your favorite bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So to miss your chance for your no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And once again, thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Now partnered with Penn State Rivals. That is right. PennState.Rivals.com is your go-to source for everything Penn State Athletics. Dylan contributes to Penn State Rivals and is contributing as a special guest on today's episode. So John Mitchell, uh, I... I guess was this surprising because Penn State's done so well in Florida, but just for yes. a defensive back, he he's a four star according to rivals. Uh, honestly, maybe he's in line to become a five star at some point. He's just somebody that they look at, or at least analysts like yourself look at as yep. the next Joey Porter Jr., as the next Kalen King, someone who can be put on an island 
and shut down a team's top wide receiver. So uh, let's start with the commitment. What does this do for the class of 2024, getting a player like Mitchell? Yeah, Mitchell was Penn State's top uh, defensive back target in this entire uh, 2024 recruiting cycle. So this was a, a commitment they were very excited about. In terms of expecting the commitment, I was not uh, necessarily expecting the commitment this soon. Okay. Uh, I know they've been recruiting him hard for a while. Uh, this was his first visit to campus since uh, when he committed this past week. This is his first commitment uh, visit on campus since October. He has an official visit scheduled for June as well. Um, I, I was I wouldn't have been surprised if he committed a couple of days or weeks after the visit, but to commit on that visit uh, was was slightly surprising, but I'm not shocked either. Uh, like I said, they've been pushing hard for him for a long time. Terry Smith has built a great relationship with him. Uh, one of their uh, recruiting assistants, Rashad Elby, has done the same. Uh, those two were huge in this uh, recruitment, but he committed – as part of a, I think he was on campus Thursday through Sunday. So he's on campus for quite a while. He's, he was around the program a ton during that time. We got a lot of conversations and, and I, I understand why he would be wanting, willing to pull the trigger at that point to commit, but absolutely huge for Penn state on, on the recruitment side of things. Uh, like I said, top overall DB target. And this is a program that has been when they want a DB, they have a great chance of landing whoever it is. I mean, they landed uh, Kenneth Wosley out of Imhotep Charter or earlier this cycle, another four-star prospect uh, on Rivals. Uh, so they got two of their top DB targets already, and there's a few others out there that they're certainly targeting at both corner and safety. Uh, Vibu Torre out of uh, New Jersey's one that comes off the top of my head, amongst others, uh, as well as uh, An Antoine Belgrave-Shorter, uh, who is – Mitchell's teammate over at Mandarin in Jacksonville, Florida. We actually put in two future casts for a Belgrave shorter to also land at Penn State at uh, some point in this 2024 recruiting cycle. And what do you like about Mitchell from what, what you've seen, uh, from what you've heard about him, from what you, you know, yeah. has been said and any, and any other research, because Mitchell, you know, being down in Florida, thank goodness for, you know, social media and online, you don't get to always watch these kinds of kids uh, yeah. in person, but what does he bring to the table as just a pure defensive back? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first thing that sticks out to me is his length, uh, six foot four, six foot one, sorry, 175 pounds, but has great length, uh, and he has plenty of room to add more weight to that. Uh, he has great speed. He's a very good track uh, star for Mandarin as well. Uh, beyond that, he, his, his coverage skills are great. His footwork is great. It, fluid hips. You, you can put him pretty much up against anybody and expect to have solid results out of him. Uh, like you said, he has that chance to be a Joey Porter Jr. type player for Penn State here in the future. Uh, great going downhill against the run. He, he can honestly do a little bit of everything. And I've heard off the field, he's a hard worker, always looking to get better, watching film uh, all the time, stuff like that. So I, I very much do like what he brings to the table as Penn State, uh, as a Penn, potential future Penn State cornerback, somebody that Terry Smith's going to be able to mold right into the type of cornerback they want to use. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's a guy who sees playing time early in his Penn State career. Let's move towards a final segment, and this is just kind of the the overall place that Penn State is at right now. They have six verbal commits in the class of 2024, and I know recruiting is so fluid because so much can change, and then you almost have to have plans for each class. Like Penn State will have an had an identity 
for the class of 2022, and that was to build the ground game back up. And then the same thing, 2023 was about making sure the offensive line was as deep as possible and to land four offensive line commitments. So what do you believe is the identity for class, the class of 2024 for Penn State, Dylan? Where, where, what are they trying to land? Is it to be as diverse as possible? Is there a position group they're, they're really targeting? Because for them to go get multiple linebackers and multiple defensive backs, you know that the it seems like they're leaning defense, but how do you think this class can project, can finish up with what Penn State wants? Yeah, so I think in terms of the class projections, we're I think a good projection for them right now, based off what they have so far, who's out there, is I think this could be definitely a top 10 class. Now, they'll have to okay. land a couple uh, big fish for that to happen. Michael Van Buren's one of them. Um uh, like I said earlier, they're pushing for him pretty hard uh, and would love to get a commitment out of him uh, as soon as possible. Um, Quentin Martin, of course, who we talked about earlier. Ernest Willer, a defensive tackle out of IMG Academy, is somebody who I think they have a good shot of landing. His recruitment's a little bit of a quiet, quieter one, so it's it's really hard to get a true gauge of where he's at in his recruitment, who is the leader, um, other contenders. But Penn State, I do believe, is a legitimate contender for him. He's originally from Baltimore, Maryland. So not only you know do they recruit Florida well, IMG Academy well historically, but with him being from Baltimore, that you know that's very close by. Yeah. Maryland's another school to watch for him. Um, Current Oregon wide receiver Tizier Denmark is somebody that they're still uh, hoping to, you know, push for and potentially flip down the road. We'll see if that happens. That'll, of course, be a little bit of a tough flip to do, uh, but I certainly think they have a shot. Uh, I've heard good things about Marcus Hagan so far, just as a wide receivers coach overall, about how he fits with the staff on the recruiting trail. Uh, another wide receiver that comes to mind is Keelan Adams out of Virginia, somebody that I think they're the leader for right now as well. Um, in terms of class identity, I think there's definitely, uh, you know, you look at position groups that they would like to hit home runs at, uh, linebacker they'd like to hit a home run at, they're off to a great start there. Kari Jackson and uh, Anthony Specka both are part of that class already. They're pushing for several others. Uh, Jalen Harvey, we do have it listed as a linebacker. He fits more so, I think, as a defensive end at the next level. Uh, there's also another guy who is that linebacker defensive anti-type hybrid guy is Jamonte Waller out of Alabama. Somebody I should have mentioned in our last segment. He's a guy that Penn state would love to have in this class. Somebody they're really pushing hard for. That's going to be tough though. Alabama, Auburn, all those big sec programs are in on him, but Penn state was in on him early on that stuck out to him so far. He's going to make an official visit in June. I do think they have a legitimate chance. But as any athlete from the South, I like to say, get, getting them committed is step one, but you have to hold on to that commitment, whether it's you know a few weeks, a few months, or six months, because if Waller makes you know a decision in June, you have to hold on to him until at least December. Um, so I, I definitely think – Linebacker defensive end, that front seven is going to be a major goal for them this year. Finding defensive tackles is going to be important in this class. It's a spot where they have – they've had their struggles in the past of, you know, missing yeah. on some tough guys. That makes Ernest Willer one to watch. Uh, Jordan Thomas out of New Jersey, uh, who's been on campus several times. They've been recruiting uh, New Jersey 
uh, fantastically over the last few months since uh, Ahmad, uh, Khalil Ahmad joined the program in January. He's been their key guy in New Jersey as part of the recruiting staff. Um, offensively, I think wide receiver, they, they know who they uh, – they know who they want at wide receiver. And I think they're doing pretty good there. Keelan Adams is one uh, to watch, like I mentioned. Uh, there's a few others uh, that if my um, list would pull up here, it would be much easier to go off the top of my head. Uh, but offensive line is another place, of course. They're off to a great start there um, with Cooper Cousins, but they're also in a good spot for Kevin Haywood, William Satterite out of Ohio, both four-star prospect satellites actually a top 100 prospect in the nation uh they just had a high three-star egan boyer out of north carolina on campus uh they're now one of the top schools for him after that visit <laughs> so th- there's a lot of guys that they have high on their list right now that they're in a very good spot for but in, in terms of identity i would definitely say you're looking defensively at the front seven and offensively they want to continue to build that depth at offensive line uh but also at wide receiver yeah, and wide receiver is just something that, at least in this just season cycle, um, you know, going to the transfer portal for two guys, like that's just kind of unheard of. And uh, they made a switch for a reason. Uh, yeah. Hopefully Marcus Haggins continues to do uh, a really good job. Dylan, before we wrap this one up, I just, I'm curious about your process as a recruiting analyst. Sure. You know, what goes into your reporting, your future casts uh, and, and everything, talking to select players, just ultimately, you know, what's kind of to get to point a to point b for these types of things for you yeah so like most professions in life it's very much uh connections based who you know uh it it's a challenge because some of these kids honestly are not much talkers they they don't want to talk a ton uh and other kids are willing to talk a lot um one of the things you you kind of notice over time is the kids who are your three stars low four stars are t- tend to talk a little bit more. Your high four stars, five stars, a little bit harder to get in touch with, understandably. So yeah. since everybody's trying to get in t- contact with them, but uh, for any one recruit, I think what's important uh, for in, in our process is you you one want to try to figure out who these different programs are targeting. For me, I, I also have Penn State, Oregon State, Minnesota, Michigan State. So I, I I'm at any one given time to talk into dozens of recruits. I have hundreds of recruits on lists trying to figure out who's a realistic target, who's not, who's actually considering these programs. But getting in with the recruits in terms of being able to contact them whenever they we feel need to, uh, and they feel comfortable giving us information is key number one. But also, again, contact with their coaches, um, get in contact with uh, handlers, as you could say, trainers, all that. It's a lot of getting to know them, getting in contact with key people in their recruitment relationships uh, first. But after that, it's a lot of, you know, going to our sources within these different programs, asking them uh, various questions. They're not going to give us away all the information, uh, but as you help develop those relationships in, in ways, you know, a, what can you do for me if I do this for you? Uh, so there, there's very much uh, sometimes, you know, trading of information uh, or uh, can you uh, get this guy in contact with us? So, 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 um, 
it's a lot of that. But then after that, it's just really staying on top of all these recruitments, talking to other analysts. A lot of these kids are visiting 10, 15 schools before they narrow down their lists and then tracking down how they feel about each individual school. It's a long process for any one recruit. uh, It's probably, you know, close to, for for example, recruiters visit a high profile recruiters visit on a Saturday. It, yep. it, it, we're probably talking two hours of you know running down people, talking to people about the them coming into the visit or talking to the player coming into the visit, their feelings on a certain program wherever they're visiting, and then after the visit, you're trying to track down the player again. You're talking to their coaches to see what they're saying to their coaches. But you're also talking, tracking down your your sources, seeing how they're feeling on the side things because maybe player A feels great about yep. uh, wherever they just visit, uh, but the school feels a little differently. You, you got to figure out the balance of who's higher on each other, who where does the school see them. So it's a it's a balancing act, and it's a lot of you know cross checking information, uh, seeing if how the program feels is how the recruit feels so on and so forth. It can get confusing when you're talking about as many recruits yeah. as we, we talk about over the course of one recruiting cycle. I mean, especially for a program like Penn state that offers 300 kids in any given cycle. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of tracking down. And uh, thankfully a lot of these kids are willing to talk. There are some who don't, but uh, it can get, it, it is quite time consuming. I, I, I think people uh, probably have an idea of, like that our lives are kind of easy. We just talk to recruits, talk to sources and that's our day. But it it takes a lot of time to track down each individual recruit, talk to their coaches, uh, trainers, and then talk to these sources. And especially when it comes to our sources, uh, whether it's inside programs or uh, perhaps uh, other analysts or that, that, or whoever it may be, there's a lot of schedules you have to line up and it, it, it takes for any major recruit. You're, you're talking definitely over the course of a cycle, a couple of days, at least of, you know, work to go from the beginning of a recruitment to the end of recruitment. Uh, when you consider everything in between. Dylan, I hope uh, people learn to appreciate the work that you put in uh, more each and each and every time here. And where can people keep up with your work? Because I certainly really do appreciate it. Yeah, you keep up with us at PennState.Rivals.com. You keep up with me at Dylan underscore Rivals PRZ uh, as well. I'm uh, always posting information on there as well. And at Penn State Rivals, you can absolutely subscribe. Uh, but we also uh, give away quite a bit of information on our free boards as well at times. So uh, even if you d- maybe aren't sure about wanting to subscribe right away, get, get, a, get a uh, account on pennstate.rivals.com at happy Valley insider, sign up for a free account, get on our forums. And we host uh, expert Q and A's uh, every now and then on there as well. Uh, you, and you'll get plenty of good information on our free boards but we do surely uh, would appreciate if you did subscribe uh, where you will get a ton more information. We are always dropping tidbits on uh, recruits every day. Uh, today has been very busy on the site. Uh, you can pretty much ask us a question whenever. We'll answer you whenever. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun over there, and we surely would appreciate if uh, everybody went over there and did subscribe. But if not, a free account uh, does, uh, does the trick as well. Uh, 
to get the information you are looking for. And Locked on Nittany Lions, now part of that family, your go-to podcast for PennState.Rivals.com. Happy Valley Insider. Go to PennState.Rivals.com for everything Penn State Athletics. You'll find it over there. And thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen and watch. Make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball. I know the season's over. I know UConn was just crowned champion. But Isaac Shade and Andy Patton do such an incredible job over there with that show. Make that your second listen as listen as they're going to wrap up this season and preview what's to come in the transfer portal and, and everything else that is locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast dylan callaghan crowley joining me here on locked on nittany lines hopefully the first of many visits dylan thanks so much for the time i appreciate it can't wait for our next conversation yeah thanks for having me zach and uh yeah i'll be back anytime you want me